In Matthew 4:19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. My name is Beth Laurie. I'm your host, and I'm so glad to be with you today. It is my privilege and honor to have a special guest, a coworker, a friend. Ms. Jenny Bramel is with us today. Hi, Jenny. Hello, Beth. How are you? I'm doing great and just really glad to have Jenny come on with us. This is the first time she's on our podcast. If you don't know Jenny, you need to get to know her. Uh, She is our parenting uh, ministry pastor here at Mount Pisgah. She's a social worker by background. She loves people. She loves books. You can tell that by all the books behind her today. (laughs) She loves kids. I mean, she's just an amazing person and such a blessing to so many um, in our community. So I asked Jenny to come on today and share with us uh, about... Uh, discipling your children and your grandchildren. But Jenny, before we get into that, we'd love to hear a little bit about your story. Tell us about your discipleship experience and sort of how you got to where you are. Thank thank you, Beth. Um, So let me start way back um, just a couple of years ago. Uh, So I grew up in a church with my going to church with my family. Uh, it was a Lutheran church, very family-oriented church. My mom was in the choir. My dad was a Sunday school teacher. There was a big emphasis on uh, the presence of God at church and learning about him and knowing I was loved by my family and by Jesus, but it was very much focused on church. We did not talk about it at home if it came up, if we brought it up, but it was very much, I would say, um, as a child, it was kind of isolated to its Sunday church experience. And then as I got older, um, I have a great memories of singing uh, Jesus Loves Me. I was in the children's choir, um, had a, a really cool um, Bible story book that my grandmother had given me. And I remember the pictures almost, I, you may have some too, Beth, but the pictures kind of seared in my brain of what Daniel the lion's den looked like. and. Um, you know, God parting the sea for Moses. And I can literally remember the colors, Um, but it was very much kind of confined to, I would say, stories at home. My parents very much modeled living what they would consider to be a biblical or morally um, a loving life. But in regards to talking about it a lot at home, um, not so much. Uh, and then, and, and ironically, my dad would have all these Sunday school lessons, but he didn't share them with me because he wasn't my Sunday school teacher. So I would love to have, in hindsight, gotten a few of those from him. But, um, and my guess is in my day-to-day walk, I probably got more than I realized. Uh, but in confirmation, uh, in eighth and ninth grade was the first time I really remember being asked to pour over large parts of the Bible and respond to those I can remember reading in Genesis where God says that um, he was around the time of Noah and he was grieved. Uh, His heart was grieved because man was evil from birth. And I remember thinking, what? (laughs) Like, what what do you mean God? First of all, God was grieved and what? I'm I'm evil. Um, So I can remember taking those questions to my pastor during that process of confirmation and we would write our responses, and then he had this little red pen, or maybe it was big red pen, and he would write over our responses very intentionally uh, with really not right and wrong, but really great questions for me to ask and to ponder in other scriptures. And I would say that was the first time I really started to dig in to, um, to God's Word. 
And fast forward, I thought I might want to go um, to to school to maybe even go into ministry and thought, no, 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 that would take way too long. And I, I was a little intimidated that I didn't know enough and I would get it wrong, frankly. So I thought, well, social work is close to that. It's helping people. Um, and so as a young woman, um, I had a job working at a jail, ironically, and my boss was a gentleman named Ruben Cuevas, who was a super strong believer. And honestly, he gave me, when I left that job a few years later, um, this was in Cook County, he gave me a Bible for Mike and I to read as I was leaving and had written all throughout it. And I realized he was really discipling me. You and I were talking earlier, Beth, about discipling can look very different, but um, he was probably one of the first adult, very intentional pouring before our meetings. And we worked in a, um, it was a county setting and we would pray. He and I would say, he'd say, this is going to be a big meeting. Let's pray first. And I'd be like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> so he kind of freaked me out a few times. I'm not going to lie. And I learned through that to kind of weave God into I mean, I, that's where I learned that God is at work too, and not just at church at home. Right. And and then when I moved into this neighborhood and was nine months pregnant, and um, God placed me right next to the Bible study, uh, neighborhood Bible study lady. Um, after thinking I do not belong there, um, I went, and <laughs> the women were incredibly open, and it was kind of like picking up right off where my confirmation left of opening the Bible and asking a bunch of questions. So um, God brought so many wonderful mentors through that, which then led me to Pisgah and other mentors. So that's kind of what that looked like. Wow, that's beautiful. I could just see all these different people um, intentionally, unintentionally, not you not even realizing it, just pouring right into you over the years. What a gift from God that is. Yeah, if you'd asked me at the time, are you being mentored or discipled? I would have said, no, that's weird. And then <laughs> now I'm like, oh, yeah, there and there and there. It's like the fingerprints that God leaves, right? We don't see uh -huh. them, but they're all there. Yeah, that's beautiful imagery for us. Yes, there's fingerprints all over our lives from people who have who've come in. Well, thank you for, for sharing that story with us. And we give God praise for the work he's done in your life. And I know this because I myself have come to Jenny uh, many times, but parents come to you for all kinds of reasons. They come to you for mm -hmm. advice at all ages, little little kids that won't sleep, big kids that aren't doing what they're supposed to. Um, what are some of the most common concerns or questions you get? <laughs> well, let's see. I would say the big, the common theme throughout them is... I have this problem, big or little, they're both big and little, um, and I just need a cup, I need a solution. So if you could just help me fix this, um, a, a very common one is transitions from one part of life to the other, like uh, preschoolers moving into kindergarten, putting kids on the bus for the first time. Is it time to send them to kindergarten? There's a lot more choices in parenting, or we think there are, than there used to be, and that can almost make things complicated. When is it time to get, a, get them a phone? When is it time? Um, I remember talking to you about the driving thing. When is it time? Uh, do we push the driving? Do we not push the driving? Um, and transitioning into high school and even college and beyond. So I'd say transitions um, and then also just helping with what would be emotional and behavioral. Uh, I would think parents would maybe consider them to be problems. Ironically, uh, as we were talking earlier, probably one of the least things I get, and I'm, you know, director of parent ministry, but one of the least asked questions is how to disciple my child. 
Uh, so I probably need to I need to rebrand myself a little bit uh, differently there. But I I think the reason is a lot of times, and and I'm uh, this was true for me too. We still our generation is of the mindset that the discipling will happen at church because I don't know enough. So give me a couple solutions and I can fix the kindergarten thing and the technology and the driving, but the the discipling part I'm not really an expert on that. Right. So um I, and and i don't get me wrong i have parents ask that but um i guess i wish it was more and i wish there was a little more time spent on this so i'm i'm thrilled to be able to share a little bit of this yeah that's, um, that's super important jenny because you're right i i even remember just m- myself going through those different stages and you as a parent you're so frustrated or exasperated or you don't know how to handle this because it's new and so you're busy thinking about like, oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I fix this? This is a problem to be fixed, um, mm-hmm. but never thinking about that uh, that discipling, that pouring into that lifestyle kind of stuff. And yet, that's that's what the overall theme is. So, I, I bet absolutely. You do. But it's a, also a wonderful doorway for people to get to know you and to get to see that that Jesus can work in and through all of that. I'm sure you you have many stories about that. <laughs> absolutely, and I hate to say it, but I'm just going to say it now because um, my ministry is kind of like a giant bait and switch. So come to me to fix your child, but what I'm really going to do is just point you to Jesus, <laughs> and we're going to just pray for your child together, <laughs> um, like our parents prayed for us. So, um, you know, or I'm, they're going to come to get more knowledge. We all want it. It reminds me of the what to expect when you're expecting. Right. We right. all want those answers. And it would be interesting. Um, I mean, the Bible really is kind of a spiritual version of that. Right. Here's here's what to expect in life. So just know all of this and do it this way. Yes, uh, absolutely. And it, and that's so, so true, because we sort of want to just uh, control everything. But in every way, we just need to be pointed back to Jesus. So. Thank you for reminding us of that. I I hear the term biblical parenting. I've heard people say biblical parenting and you should be doing biblical parenting and sort of unpack for us. Is that the same as discipling your children? Is there something that you would see as different? So I think there are probably folks who use the term who see it synonymously, that that it is discipling your your kids, that discipling is part of parenting biblically, right? Because we know the Great Commission is to, you know, uh, go into the world and, and the, our homes are part of the world, right? And um, baptizing and raising our kids. But I think my fear with biblical parenting is there's a bit of, the idea is uh, to parent using biblical principles. So don't exasperate your children and speak truth and love and build build one another up and teach them the truths and do it the right way. But, but I don't know about you, but... Um, I blow that a lot. There are things that I, so my fear with biblical parenting, it tends to be a little bit outcome oriented, um, or my definition of it is a little bit, um, kind of talks about what is, what the product is, are these perfect Christian children um, who are going to, of course, go forth and make more disciples. And um, I think discipling our children is a little bit more about teaching them how to live and sharing it. So you could potentially biblical, and I I said this to you earlier, I believe I was raised biblically um, with the golden rule and the gospel message and all those things, but I wasn't necessarily discipled and told how to do that. I was sent to church for that. So I think 
we I think biblical parenting might be a little old school and that what's that's what our parents did, but they kind of left the discipling up to those people at church. Right. And I actually think that, uh, but I'm sure, I'm guessing that a lot of people who use it in a modern context kind of assume that disciple part in. But I'll be honest with you, I get parents in my in my classes and workshops all the time who, when when it comes to topical things like technology and anger management, they're they're very excited and they show up. And the minute we start talking about how how do you talk to your kids about baptism or communion or they're like. I, they kind of glaze over or they don't feel equipped or they kind of don't show up because they don't know that they can do it right. Mm. So, and I think the other thing is I think spiritually discipleship and um, is, is it's intangible, right? It's a, the spiritual things are hard to measure. And with our children, you know, we all have that line on our wall in our houses that has our kids growing and we mark every year what their height yes. is. Um, that's a hard thing to do with spiritual with spirituality and with Christianity or with a walk with Christ, because you might one year say, oh, they're here. The next year, like, oh my gosh, how are they smaller? How are, how have we <laughs> gone backwards? <laughs> right, right. Um, so so I, 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 I try to be, um, to gear parents more towards almost spirituality and Christianity, um, because I think even discipleship, sometimes we talked about this, um, can be a little bit formulaic and parents think that has to look, you know, oh gosh, it's way too late because they're 11. So I'm too late to disciple them. Like, right. But you're not too late to talk about God today. Yeah. Right. That, that's such a good point, Jenny, you've given me because we seem to want it to be linear and like we're always moving mm-hmm. this, we're always moving up, we're going in the right direction. And yet as human beings, we're not that linear. I mean, we might be more circular. Maybe we're still headed right in the right direction, but there might be times where like, like you said, I remember coming to you and I was like, all of a sudden my kid's doubting. What do I do with this? We've been doing all this yeah. for so long. How could they be doubting? Which then I found out that was normal. And I was like, oh, okay, that's normal. <laughs> so I take that back. Doubt is one of those common questions. <laughs> that's, oh, right. that's, that's probably the biggest spiritual question I get is, is it okay to doubt? Or what does it look like um, to have healthy doubt um, as opposed to maybe disbelief or turning from from God and, we, and what are we to do with that? So, um, so yeah, I, I would say that um, just doing life with your kids and encouraging spiritual, a healthy uh, Christian walk is probably the way the way I would prefer to talk about it. Um, which, which that yeah. that leads me to the to a question because I you're really saying this, um, but a, a parent or grandparents their own relationship with Jesus has so much more to do right with the yes with how they can help uh, their grandchildren and their children like tell tell us about that how because i don't think we're thinking about that (laughs) it's funny when you bring grandparents into the mix because i think i don't know about you but so many of my friends and the people even young people i meet if you say who is the strongest christian you know frequently they will say a grandparent and and almost more so than a parent. And I don't know if it's like my parents too much of a mess because I know them too well. Um, but so often grandparents have this wonderful position of both authority and love, and they don't have to do a lot of the disciplining often. And so because of that, in a traditional sense, grandparents take on this wonderful um, role of just pouring in love and fun 
and Jesus can be right along with that. Um, so obviously you can't pour in what you don't have, right? And so I think um, I think it's the most important factor to discipling your kids. Uh, but I have one caveat. I have parents who come and they're new in their faith. So I don't want to say you have to be at this place in your faith or at a certain place in order to start. Um, if you have, have said the prayer and invited Jesus into your life, you're, you're ready to go. That's right. Because uh, I, I think people say, well, I, I didn't grow up with the Bible, so I don't. Uh, but I have had parents come to me and say, I'm questioning, I'm doubting, and I want my, my kids to have what I don't have. Mm. Um, and that can be a sad thing to hear. And I definitely want to start pouring into that adult person and friend. But um, it doesn't mean that they can't do um, some of the other things and be intentional. Um, it might be a little more intentionality about getting some other adults in. Um, to their kids' lives. So I would say the other big thing is you if you're not um, if if you're not an active believer, I think you take the Holy Spirit out of the picture, right? So we want the Holy Spirit to be a part of everything uh, having to do with discipleship. I mean, he, he needs to lead us. So obviously having a strong faith in Jesus, I mean Ephesians 3:20, you know, that whole give me more than I can ask or imagine according to the power that's at work in me. So without that power, man, I, th I would have walked out of parenting a long time ago, or at least tried to. Um, and, and then I also think it increases our empathy for the natural struggles that come in parenting. But there are so many natural, like you said, doubt um, or when when bad things happen, God, how could you let this happen? Maybe you didn't directly cause this, but if I believe you're omnipotent, that I believe you allowed this to happen. And if we ourselves have not struggled with, gone through those struggles as Christians, um, our empathy, my guess, would be a little bit different. So um, sharing and, and being able to empathize with our kids and their spiritual struggles, I think, is really crucial. Um, and then I would think the last thing is it just reduces people's feelings of hypocrisy. Hmm. Um, you know, nobody wants to feel like a hypocrite as you're, hey, I really want you to believe this thing that I'm still uh, don't get. Um, so I would say it's different to say, I would love for us to do this together. So if I, when adults come and say, I'm, you know, I feel like a quote unquote baby Christian or I'm new in this, like you can have your kid walk right alongside you. We've had literally parents, and, and that's kind of where I was, to be honest with you. Um, I, I grew up as a believer, but in terms of digging into the word, uh, there was probably 10 to 15 years or at least five years of, in my 20s when I was all about career and I was a social worker and had some wild. That's a story. That's another day. Um, <laughs> but I, I was very much, I would say, uh, knowing that God loved me, working on the identity thing, um, the identity in Christ, but still how intentional was I with sitting down and incorporating it in my daily life? Um, so, so I would say um, when I went through those struggles and sat down and was reading the stories with my kids and then, and, and they were two and three and I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot how cool this Daniel story is. And um, they, there weren't cartoon, cool cartoon Bibles when I was a kid. Right. Um, they certainly weren't, certainly weren't comic book Bibles, which there are now, which are awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and so when I sat down with my kids, it took on, it really deepened my faith. 
Well, that's um, that's I, I can actually relate to that because I did the same thing. I sort of like when I started reading all the children's Bible with my kids, it started started doing stuff inside of me. Right. Um, right. And I and I opened up to all that again. So you're right. I was learning right along with them. Um, and you made me think of. Um, I really liked when you were talking about grandparents because I know that same story. So many people said their grandparent was such a light. And I thought about um, Paul writing about Timothy and how his mother and his grandmother had such an influence on him, right? And so that he was discipled by them and he became a disciple maker. Um, But I I really like the way that you pointed out that our own growth, our own need to dig in and learn who Jesus is and and get to seek for ourselves, that that has such an important part of that life-on-life application with our kids, right? We, you said we can only give what we have, so we have to seek ourselves first. We can't want something for them that we don't already have. I think the same thing is true in terms of growth, too. You know, we could be at a place, and if we're not growing and learning more and being challenged by uh, accountability partners or people in our lives, and we just have the same kind of, I think kids can very quickly see that as kind of a stagnant message. I mean, I've gone back and said, hey, I told you this. I'm not sure that I look at that verse that way anymore. I look at it very differently. Um, and Ephesians 3.20 is a great example of that without going into it. It you know, talks about God can give us more than we can ask or imagine. Um, and I always assumed that meant he wanted to give us Disney World. And then my kids would have this like really hard thing happen. And if you look at the end of that verse, it says, according to the power that's at work in him, that can also be getting through hard times. That he can, you know, more than you can ask or imagine could be the strength it took to get through that really hard semester in college or that horrible season of bullying or being bullied or whatever it was. So I had to go back to both of my kids and say, I got to tell you, my take on that scripture has changed. So if I stay stagnant, in other words, I don't think Beth, it's just a matter of here's the Bible, here's Jesus, here you go. I think it's, we have to grow together with our kids. Right. Because we're never done. It's the sanctification process is continuous, right? Right. And that what what a model of humility, right? To come and say, I'm I'm yeah. still learning myself because we as parents we want to think that we we have we know more than our kids, but we're still learning too. So, um, gosh, this is good, Jenny. Uh, as we start to come to a close, like what are some practical things that you would love to encourage our listeners with as far as you know them. Um, parents and grandparents discipling or building, uh, helping their children build a relationship with Jesus, any parting words of wisdom, but some, some, some tips we can take away. Yeah, I would say just for a few, just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and the first one is, is obviously, and I know your mother's heart is going to love this, Beth, but is pray. Um, and, what, and when I say pray, I mean, pray for your kids, pray intentionally for your kids, but pray with your kids. And when you're praying for your kids, I love, I, I forget where I read it, but it said, uh, pray in secret with the door open. So in other words, you know, go somewhere to pray for your children. And if they happen to walk in and see you praying for them, that's great. Um, because it's good for them to know that you do. Uh, and in that same line, one of the best things you could do as a grandparent or a parent, even if your kid might grunt or grandchild might grunt in a response, that's okay. But to say, how can I pray for you? Give me one word I can pray for you this week. Um, I remember my mom start, you know, I've asked my kids that a lot. And I asked my mom, how can I be praying for you when she was battling cancer last year? And she asked one of my kids that. 
um, at some point and said, how can I pray for you with, with, with wanting to be here close to me and you're not? And, and what a great message, because what that one question tells them is, I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe God is listening. And that's modeling it. And that would be my next thing, would be walk the talk. Because if we talk about spirituality and we talk about Jesus and we talk about being biblical and we don't live that way, especially as you know, with uh, teenagers and young adults, they are going to call us on it every time. And, and at some point, they'll just be done. Like if this is what living, if this is what Christianity looks like, um, if you're not going to small group, and you'd rather do this because their model, they're much more is caught than taught in this process, right? So much more is caught than taught. So they're they're going to look and see what we're doing and they're going to do it. And frequently our words are wah, 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 like the Charlie Brown uh, <laughs> adults. So we can think, I mean, words are important. Um, it's important to teach our kids truths. And that kind of moves me into um, the next one. And I would say is, spending time with God together. And that doesn't have to be with a Bible out and a pointer and a dry erase board. Um, although I like that. I love good dry erase board, but it could be sitting on the mountaintop saying, what's your favorite thing that God gave us today? Um, it could be walking in the woods with them and pointing out, you know, why do you think God gave us so many different kinds of birds and just kind of bringing him into daily life in quiet moments. Um, and then another part of spending time with God is stories, not only Bible stories and sharing those, um, but sharing your own story. So I've got a great thing that I'm happy to equip you with that you can put on your website later. And it's it's how to do your family's story in a, in a box. So we use cigar boxes and sticky notes. And it's kind of processing life. We're kind of, uh, as we talked about earlier, dusting dusting off your life for God's fingerprints together as a family. So for example, a great example would be in COVID, when grandparents didn't get to see uh, their grandchildren very often, where did you see God in that? Um, and they first might say, I did it. Um, but one of the things that I've heard from families is we were a lot more intentional. We, had, we FaceTimed them, we learned how to Zoom and we got to see them a lot more. Um, so recognize that those are as gifts from God, our discipling. Um, so, and, um, and then I would say building community with them, making sure, especially as they get older, you and I know this, that our voices become a little more muted and the world's voice becomes bigger. So finding both um, peer groups, uh, but also that can be trickier because we don't choose their friends, right? They choose their friends, yeah. but we can, when they're a little bit younger, intentionally put, uh, look for and seek out or be open to God bringing adults in their lives that can speak truth into them. How often has someone come, have your kids come to you and said, do you know what Mrs. So-and-so said? She said this, you're like, yeah, I've said that five times. But when they hear it from other adults, like small group leaders or just someone, a teacher or a trusted adult, it just, they hear it more. Right. So, um, so building community and, uh, and then the last two quick things I would say, uh, and a lot of this is work that we need to do. And this is remembering our identity in Christ and remembering that our kids' identity is not in what they achieve or accomplish. It's not in how many friends they have. It's not in the college they go to. It's not in the, uh, the, the team that they get invited to or don't make. Um, it is as a child of God. 
And if we know that about ourselves, that kind of gets back to the question about our own relationship. Um, how many times do we go down that rabbit trail of, oh gosh, if just this were different, I would be a more of a whole person or a better Christian. And it's just not true. Um, and so when we know that ourselves, we can, uh, we can let our kids know that. And then I would say serving, serving, serving alongside your kid, without your kid, um, pushing them into mission trips and service projects, um, remembering that it's, it's really about others um, and that God wants us uh, to be a blessing for others. And so when we model that, that's probably the easiest way to walk the talk. Uh, and lastly, just to help their kids find their purpose. We know that each one of us are Christ's workmanship and we've been created and God has this whole list of things. I'll say to kids, do you think this could be one of the things or one of the people that God has laid out in your life for you to do? And just asking that questions. And sometimes I'll say, no way. <laughs> and sometimes right. I'll say, maybe so. Um, so bringing God into their purpose and what they want to do, and it might just be the activities they do in fourth grade, bringing God into that mix. What can God teach you through soccer? And my son would say that I don't like to run <laughs> in fourth grade. And then five years later, that running is really good for me. So, you know, it's, but, um, so anyway, yeah, that's just a little bit are so good, so rich. I want to write these all down. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming. You're and Because I also, even though you gave us some really good intentional things to do, you also freed us in some other ways because sometimes we feel like all the pressure's on us. And and you said it, you know, you're, we're, we're just journeying along this life with them. And um and our relationship with them and their relationship with God can be woven into so many conversations. And that's just so Absolutely. simple and encouraging. Uh, wow. What a, what a gift this has been. Just a, a bunch of encouragement, a bunch of wisdom, and such a blessing for, for me today and I bet for many of our listeners. So thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, just remember, it's never too early to start and never too late. Uh, and and you got to leave room for God's grace. That's right. Leave room for God's grace. Thank goodness for that grace, right? Because uh, <laughs> the only way to do it wrong is not to do it. That's right. right. Yes. So. Oh, that's good wisdom right there. Hey, uh, if you are listening to this podcast today, uh, share this with someone who is a parent or a grandparent who would love to uh, be encouraged today in that journey. And if you uh, don't know Jenny, uh, reach out to her. Uh, you can find her on the Mount Pisgah website. Um, she is a wealth of knowledge and would love to, you know, specifically meet with you and talk with you or encourage Absolutely. you. Yeah. So if you don't know her, please do that. Um, Jenny, thank you again for being with us. What a gift. Uh, thank you so much, Beth. Thanks for having me. And and I want to reiterate that one of my favorite things to do is meet one-on-one -on -one or with two parents or wh whoever and sit and just talk about what God's doing in your life and what you wish he would do. Oh, yes. So. Thank you. Thank All you, right. Jenny. <laughs> All right. So, uh until next time, uh, God be with you. Go to the 419 website. We'll try to get Jenny's resource up there for you, too, because that would be such a, a great thing to have on the website. And uh, we'll see you next time on 419 Disciple Makers podcast. Until then. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 